wherever you are, whether you're in the building or in person, just lift those hands and just begin to worship the Lord to tell him how good he is, how good he's been to you, how he's allowed you to make it through another week. No matter how this week may have been, here's the good news. You made it because you're here today. <laughs> you made it because you're here today, and he's worthy of the worship. He's worthy of the praise, and he's worthy of the honor. Amen. To those in the building, those that's watching online, we are so glad that you're here today um, to be a part of the Hopewell experience. If you have not already, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag some other people in there and let them know, amen, the word of God is getting ready to go forth as we're here in the building um, today. So glad to see some faces, amen, this morning um, as we're making our way back into the building, amen. You you could be one of the ones in the building, amen. All you have to do is call and register before 9 p.m. on Wednesdays. If you need the number, if you don't get our regular emails or you need the number, go ahead and inbox us and someone from our team will get you that number so that you can be able to be in the building if you so like. Um, if not, continue to watch online um, and do what you're doing but good morning to everybody once again it's good um, to be in the house of the lord yes it is it's good to be in the house of the lord amen as we get ready to go um, into the word of god this morning it it, it it it's it's really what needs to be done we need to stop and congratulate our own elder corey Cawthon, who is a newly elected school board member of the carbondale elementary school district number 95 he made it in amen 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 we are so excited for him i mean anyone that knows him knows that he has a heart for our youth and our children and that's what we need we need those that will advocate um, for our kids to make sure they are getting the best treatment as much as possible amen carbondale school district 95 more of the population is more than half african-american and so that needs to be represented on the board so i'm so glad that we have him on the board so now the work begins sir the work starts now amen so i am so excited i was telling him the other day now we can go to the school board conferences together i have somebody to sit next to praise the lord that i know amen so i'm excited about that if you have your bibles go with me to galatians chapter 6 galatians chapter 6 if i just get a little bit more on the monitor and uh, we're going to pick up from a series that we started right before easter um, entitled finding comfort in community finding comfort in community um, and that's what we're going to be at tonight galatians chapter 6 today amen galatians chapter 6 just two verses verses 2 and 3 um, is where we're going to be. And for those that's in the building, if we can stand for the reading and the reverence of God's word, uh, you all don't know how much joy that brings me to say that. Amen. I haven't been able to say that over a year till last week, and I'm able to say it again this week, and I'm glad to say it. Galatians chapter 6, just two verses, verses 2 and 3. And it reads as this, Share each other's burdens, and this way we obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, um, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I like verse 3. Let me read that again. If you think you are too important to help somebody, you're fooling yourself. You're self-deceived. Um, you are not that important. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that as we go into your word, Father God, that we will be 
change. We can't continue to come to your word and not be changed. If we're not changed, uh, it's not your fault. It's because we're not applying your word to our lives. God, we want to grow. We want to grow. We want to grow, God. We want to mature. We want to, we want to be developed, Lord God. We don't want to be spiritually malnourished, oh God. We don't want to be spiritually immature. We desire to grow. We've already made, made up in our minds that whatever it is that you're calling for us to do from your word, that we're going to do just that. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said amen, amen, amen. Just look at somebody that you didn't see when you came in. Just look at them and smile, wave, do something, amen. Just let them know that you are glad to see their faces today. So we're in this new series, well... We're continuing in this series entitled Finding Comfort in Community. And I'm using for a title this morning, Safe Place. Everybody say safe place. Safe place. And so we started this right before Easter with this chapter. And listen, I, I, I kind of feel like, well, not feel like I know that I am. I'm going to go back and preach verse 1 again because there's still so much um, in these verses that we need to grasp and take hold of and actively um, see some fruit happen in our lives. As I've gone over this and praying about this, uh, the purpose of this series was to help us have some biblical background as we made the shift to small groups as we're doing life together. As we've been talking about um, our vision here for small groups at the well, well connected, doing life together, growing together, praying together, and building relationships together. I really um, began to pray and began seeking the Lord, Sister Maxine, about just what to preach, what to say to help us to be able um, to adopt this new model when it comes to small groups, Mother Albrun, as we're striving to not just hang on to Sunday mornings, but to be able to still be connected, whether it's small groups in person, whether it's small groups virtually, that we're looking to still be connected as believers of Jesus Christ, because here it is. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I will say it until I die. It was never a part of God's design for you and I to do life by ourselves. It was never a part of God's purpose and will for our lives for you and I to do life by ourselves, to have Christianity and to be believers and be isolated. Because here's the problem that I'm realizing um, that we have. I, and I've heard people say this. I heard folks that's been in church 17,000 years say this. Oh, I love God, but it's just his people I can't get along with. And that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. That we love God, but we struggle with getting along with each other. I get it. I understand we have different personalities. I get it. I understand that, hey, we may not agree on everything. But as believers of Jesus Christ, we should be striving to find something that we have in common. And that commonality that we should have should be our relationship with Christ as we're striving to be mature disciples, as we're striving to grow, as we're striving not just to love him, but we also want to love his creation. Here it is saints of God, it is almost impossible for you to say that you are a believer of Jesus Christ and you love God, but you can't love each other. Almost impossible for us to say that and to hold on to that. That cannot be our new way of thinking. That has to be something that we have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to be able to grab, to be able to navigate through and helping us to have better relationships with other people to help us to go beyond those that we just hang with all the time, but to be able to have better relationships with each other. Let's not just settle for loving God, but not liking his people. 
but let's grow and mature so that we can be able to love God and love those that he has made in his likeness and in his image. Will we agree on everything? Absolutely not. Will we get along all the time? Absolutely not. But there ought to be something within us as believers of Jesus Christ that we are striving to grow, to be able to grow together, to build relationships with with each other, and to be able to pray with each other. This whole thing, as I began to, as, as I began to reading up on this and just praying about this, it goes beyond just small groups, but it goes on, it goes even to the culture of our church. That we ought to be growing together, we ought to be praying together, that we ought to be building relationships with each other. But it also should be that we should be a safe place for each other. I love it. I'm in a small group. I'm in Sister Candace's small group about transformation. And uh, 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 one of those in the small group, she comments every week. I love what she says, and she will always preface what she says. Oh, you know what? You know, I'm not as seasoned as everybody else. I, you know, I didn't grow up like everybody else in church. But here's what I got from the text. And we have to go and let her know that, hey, it does not matter how long you have been in the faith. You have something to be able to add to the group. And everything that you've been saying has been on point. I love it that we have provided a space. A space has been provided for people to be able to be vulnerable, to come as they are, and to grow in their walk with God, and to be able to grow with each other. When we look at this whole thing with small groups, saints of God, when we look at this whole thing of community, let's go ahead and stretch this out to the community of faith, the local body of believers, the church. When we look at this thing, I want us to realize that what's going to make small groups impactful, what's going to make a church home impactful is us being able to be vulnerable. That's what's going to make it impactful. Us being willing that we have a place, a safe place. Everybody say safe place. I'm loving it because now I can say stuff back and somebody's going to say it back to me. Let's say it again, safe place. That we provide, that it's so important that, that, that we realize that when it comes to the impact of the small groups, when it comes to the impact of having a church family and having a local body to be, to be able to belong to, what's going to make it so impactful is that we have a safe place where we can be vulnerable. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean by being vulnerable? It's right there on the screens. To be naked and unafraid. Now, I'm not talking about literally being naked, y'all. That's, that ain't what I'm saying. I just, we don't want you to show up to small group on Zoom and just bam, hey, that ain't what we're talking about. We don't, that's not what we're saying. Don't, don't let it all hang out here. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, what I'm saying is that we have a space provided, that there's a community provided that I can be able to go and just be who I am. That of course we have to use wisdom. Of course we have to use discernment in what we share and who we share it with. But to be able to have the space where we can be naked and unafraid that I can ask questions about something that I've been wanting to ask for a long time but was afraid to do because I was afraid of looking dumb if I were to ask that question because I've been in church a long time and I thought I should have known this by now. A place that we can be able to go and say, here and here I am. I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling with this. And I believe that it's through this connection that God can be able to use you all to help me to be able to do better than what I'm doing. 
If we're going to adopt this whole mindset of doing life together, it starts, it starts, it starts with us practicing that in our small groups, but it ought to bleed over in what we do as a body, as a body of believers. It ought to bleed over into who we are as a church. It should be the culture of who we are. It should be a part of our DNA. That we can be honest. That we can be open. That we can be transparent. That we can be naked and that we can be unafraid. Here it is in Galatians. Paul writes here to the saints. And I like what he says in verse 2. He says, share each other's burdens in this way, obey the law of Christ. Paul is encouraging because these individuals thought, these individuals thought that, hey, let me just go ahead and be about my own business and be concerned about my own salvation and be concerned about my own walk with Christ and be isolated from everybody else. Paul has to come back in to let them know, no, that is not what you should do. That's your main concern should, should not just be self-focused, but you should be others focused as well. Paul lets them know that, hey, if we're going to walk this thing out and if we're going to be a body of believers, then you and I are to help each other in sharing each other's burden. Oh, wait a minute, Reverend. I got my own burdens I got going on, Pastor. I got my own issues that I have going on. But yet still, Paul encourages us that you and I must be willing, must be willing to share in helping each other when it comes to our burdens. Let me just go ahead and put this out there. When he talks about burdens in this text, he's not just talking about sin, even though he just talked about sin in verse 1. It's not just related to sin. It could be a relational burden that you have it could be a health burden that you have it could be a financial burden that you have he says whatever the burden is that you and I ought to be helping each other in bearing that burden that we have that your brother or your sister in Christ knows that what I'm going through I don't have to go through this by myself because I'm connected with some other individuals who will help me share in the burden that I'm having and here's the thing that you and I have to get better with saints of God you and I have to stop being so selfish and so self-centered and thinking only about ourselves and not caring nothing about nobody else yeah. I, I take that back we have to learn how to care for people outside of our circles We have to grow and mature past the place that I'm not just concerned about those as a part of my intimate village that I connect with all the time, but I have to be concerned about those that, hey, that I know they're struggling with something right now. I know they're carrying a heavy burden right now. What can I do to be able to help that person carry the load that they have right now? How do we walk past somebody we know they're struggling financially? Well, I'm going to pray for them. You just got your stimulus and your taxes. That's right, Kenny. How can you use what God has blessed you with to help somebody? Can I tell you something? I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Sometimes us as believers, we are some of the most stingiest saints that you will ever meet before in your life. Oh, God, we will leave everything to prayer and, and neglecting the fact that God has put us in a position so that we can be a catalyst so that he can be able to use us to bless somebody else. Everything.
everything should not just be about us. Everything should not just be centered around us. How can God use what he has given you to help somebody else when you see that they're going through and they're struggling? Well, I'm going to pray. I'm I'm just going to pray for them. But you can do more than prayer. Let's let's grow beyond the fact that we just say that we're going to pray for people, but we never really do it. (laughs) Let's just go beyond the fact that we say that we're going to leave it to prayer, but no prayer ought to lead you to action. And when you are blessed to be a blessing, go ahead and be a blessing. If we see someone that's struggling with a load that they have and is overwhelming, you and I should take action. This is not something that you need to take a class on. This is not something that you need to watch a podcast on. This is something that we see in God's word that we ought to put into application and activate right away. How can you use me, God, to help someone else bear the burden that they have? Here it is, saints. All of this starts with relationship. If we could ever work towards anything else besides trying to be a little more like Christ, if we can get better at relationships. If there's something that we want to add to our prayer list, It should be, Father, God, help me to do better with relationships. If there's something that we want the prayer team to pray about, it should be, Father, help me to do better with relationships. If there's something that you want to pray and fast about, it should be, Father, help me to do better when it comes to relationships. Here it is. Here it is. Here here is how it should go in some sense. When we are comfortable and feel accepted, that ought to lead us to trust. When we're trusting, when we're able to trust someone and know that I can be able to come and share certain things with you and it's not going to go anywhere, it's going to stay right here, you're not going to text your best friend to add to the prayer list, you're going to keep it between you and the master, then that trust lets me know that now I can be able to be in relationship with you. Why? Because you're safe. And now the relationship ought to lead to being a family. Can I share something with you that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I didn't like it, but I had to take it? Holy Spirit revealed to me just in even getting all this stuff together, praying about it, swims. Hopewell is not as much as a family as you think it is. I said, what you say, Holy Spirit? I said, no, sorry, it's Team Hopewell for life. This Team Hopewell, no. Swims, Hopewell is not as much as a family as you think it is. There are some that don't feel accepted because all they get met with is rejection. And when I feel rejected, when I feel rejected, there will be no trust. When I feel rejected, there will be no relationship to trees. When I feel rejected, there will be no family. I can show up and serve and do everything. And still, Sister Mary, be rejected. 
said, what you say, Holy Spirit? And I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, that bothers me. Because it relates back to a culture thing. What has the culture been set up to be where people well, is not as family oriented as we thought it was? How do we shift the culture? What do we say? What do we preach? What do we sing? What do we do? What do we check? So that the, so that the reality of the fact can be that it can be that family oriented atmosphere. Okay, let me get back to the text. Y'all got mad at me. Share each other's burdens. And this way, obey the law of Christ. If we're going to do this thing, if we're going to live this life of being a believer and being a part of the community of faith and being a part of the household of faith and being a part of a church family, saints of God, you and I have to be willing. And sometimes, sometimes we don't like this word. Sometimes it may cost us being inconvenienced to help somebody. And sharing that burden. It might be a little inconvenience that we're going to have to make some space and some time for us to be able to connect with somebody. Don't you realize, I know I talked about us being stingy in some ways and sometimes, but don't you realize that even in us helping somebody to share in the burden, to carry the burden that they have, it can be a simple thing as much as reaching out. A person crosses your mind, Isaac, and you're thinking about them. Simply all you have to do, whether it's phone, whether it's text, whether it's email, whether it's popping up to the house, ringing that doorbell, and running back in the car and put your mask on and talk to them from the car. It's a simple thing of reaching out. It's the reason why God put them on your mind. Don't you know how refreshing it is to a person to know I've been dealing with hell in my life. I've been dealing with this issue and that issue back to back, not knowing what's going to happen or how this thing is going to turn around. But you call me, you text me, that lets me know that God cares enough about me, that, he, that God cares enough about me, that he put me on your mind for you to activate and reach out to me. Simple thing to do is reaching out, being a listening ear. Some things, sometimes people just need somebody just to be able to hear them out. Sometimes folks, just, if, I have to, if I throw in a few words there that I should not say, I just need you to be a safe place enough that I can come and be real and raw and let my thoughts out and just share with you what's on my mind and just get it off of me. Because sometimes when people reach out to us and they're, needing our, and they're needing us to be there, sometimes all they need for us to do is just simply just to, listen, I don't need your, your philosophical dissertation. I don't need you coming and giving me all of this stuff. I don't need you saying, I need you to be quiet and listen to what I have to say. I might talk crazy for a few seconds, but let me just get it out. And then at the end, you can come back and assess the conversation. We're called to share each other's burdens. Why does he say that? In the same way, we obey the law of Christ. Here's the question we got to ask, though. Can I be vulnerable with you? Can I be open with you? 
and you still respect me. Can I pull off a layer of who I am and you still know for a fact that I'm still the child of God? Can I be open and unafraid with you? Can I be naked and unafraid with you and you still respect me? Because let me tell you what ends up happening. When I feel like you ain't going to respect me if I tell you, if I, if I show you who I really am, you will never know any part of me. Because I will guard myself and keep myself protected because I don't want to be vulnerable with somebody that's not going to respect me in the end. I don't want to be vulnerable with anybody and open myself up to and share intimate thoughts and things about me and then to share those things with you and then you go out and talk about me like a dog. Everybody has so much to say about Kurt Franklin. Oh, I can't believe Kurt Franklin said this. I can't believe Kurt Franklin. I can't believe he cursed his son. Now, who has not used a few choice words with their cheering? I'm not saying this. I'm not saying you should or you should not, but I'm just saying. It don't mean I'm not saved. It just means they, they stepped on the right nerve that day, <laughs> that moment. And I could, all the parents say, Pastor, you right, Reverend, you right. But can I be vulnerable? Can I be raw? Can I be naked and unafraid with you and you still respect me? Can I be who I am and you still honor me? All the kids look at their parents in the building. Yeah, you mother, I meant what you said. I remember. Because if I feel like you're going to reject me, I never open up. If I feel like you're not going to, that you're going to dishonor me or disrespect me, I'm never going to open up. And what a shame it will be for a person to be a part of a church 20, 30 plus years and they never, no one ever really knows who they are because they've been so constricted. Because there was no acceptance. There was no trust. There was no relationship. There was no family. So I can never open up and share. I like what he says. I like what he says. He says, in us doing this, we obey the law of Christ. But let me say this real quick before we even get to that and move on to verse 3. Having assistance in bearing our burdens doesn't mean we misuse our help or neglect our responsibility. Just because you have somebody that's coming alongside of you and helping you to bear your burden, we should never misuse the help that God has placed in our lives. We should never misuse the connection of people that God has given us to help us in our time of need. We should never take advantage of people and want to give our burdens all over to them and we walk away scot-free. No, 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 no. That's not the way that it should be. We still have a human responsibility. We are, not, we are not to neglect our responsibility. If I'm bearing the burden of a financial burden, yes, I may have some help and assistance, but I don't need to be added to their monthly bill list either. They can help me, 
but I shouldn't abuse the help. I shouldn't take advantage of the help. Because if I take advantage of the help, then I'm neglecting my own responsibility. And then those that God has placed around me will become enablers. And I'll never get better because I always got somebody to fall back on. Am I making sense to here this morning? He says, in doing so, in doing so, we obey the law of Christ. And pastors, friends, what is the law of Christ? It's in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. He says, so now I give you this new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Love you. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus says, when you do this in helping to share each other's burden, now you are bringing into reality the law of Christ and the law of Christ is right here once again in John 13 34 to 35 so now I'm giving you a new commandment love each other how just as I have loved you you should love each other and your love would be a public service announcement to others to let them know that you are a child of God that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ But then we get tricky when it gets to love. Because we want to pick and choose who should be loved. This is a big issue now in the church, especially the black church. Because what really happens is we Choose who we love based on how offensive their sin is to us. So, Elder Corey, if your sin, if you and I are sitting on the same thing, okay, I can, hey, we, we, we cool, I, I can do that. But Deacon Baker, if your sin is different from my sin, but it offends me, that I'm going to tamper or taint the love that God calls me to give. I'm going to taint the way that I give it to you because you sin differently than me. We do it. We do it. We size up who is worthy of Christ's love depending on the sin that they have in their life. And then from that sin, we decide if they're worthy of our love or not. The text does not say that we get to deem who deserves love, who does not. But the text says that you and I are to love each other how we are to love each other just as he has loved us. And we become a poster child to let others know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. Does me loving you mean that I endorse your behavior? Does my love towards you mean that I'm co-signing on your sin? I believe that in us showing love, I can love you, and my love does not mean that I'm endorsing your issues, endorsing your sin. 
I can love you just as Christ has loved us and hold you accountable in what's going on. But it doesn't mean that I'm endorsing or co-signing on your sin. He says, your love for each other will prove to the world that you are disciples of mine. Look at verse 3 that we're going to get out of here. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. So Paul goes in there. He says, all right, let me hit the saints where they at. There are some that are understanding the, con- the, the, the there are some that are understanding this whole thing of sharing each other's burdens, but then there are some that are just not trying to do it. They don't want to do it. Paul says, let me speak to your pride real quick. I know you think that you're all that, but you're not. He says you are not that important that you cannot serve another brother or sister in Christ by helping them in sharing their burden. Here it is. Pride will cause you to think you're too important to help someone or it will cause you to think that you don't need to receive receive help for yourself. So Paul Paul comes in here and he ends this by letting us know two things, two things real quick, that you and I should never allow ourselves to be self-deceived into thinking that everything is about us. We don't serve a self, we're not involved in a self-focused Christianity. No, we are others-focused. We should be concerned about other people because just as I'm concerned about you, you're concerned about me. You're concerned about Cecilia. She's concerned about Lakeidra. Lakeidra's concerned about Elder Corey. Then it becomes a domino effect that I'm not just looking at myself, but I'm looking at how I can serve somebody else, how I can love somebody else, how I can be able to help this person in carrying their burden. And here it is, thanks to God, none of us, none of us are exempt from receiving help from somebody else. That's your pride that's telling you you can get through this by yourself. That's your pride that has you thinking, that has you self-deceived into thinking that you can make it all by yourself. So that's your pride saying, well, I'm holding on to what Vicki Wine says. She said, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. But here's a newsflash. You can have God and you can have other people as well because why? As disciples of Jesus Christ, we become the legs, the arms, the feet, the mouth the minds, the ears of Christ to help each other in whatever it is that we're dealing with. Brother Anthony Barnett has been battling cancer. Spreading rapidly all of a sudden. Just came out the blue. Bam. Spreading quick. The blessing in the midst of all of that Before I ever talked to Brother Anthony or Sister Sarah, Team Hopewell had already showed up. Before I even got to the hospital, the deacons and some of the brothers had already been by there. Before I could even talk to Sister Sarah, Elder James and some of the other women had already been calling her and encouraging her. She said, Pastor, I've just been so overwhelmed by the love from our church family. People calling, checking in, people stopping by, giving some money, just whatever the case may be, they've been there. And she said, it's been moments where I thought I was going to lose my mind. And then somebody called and said, Sister Sarah, I was just thinking about you. 
too big that we can't serve somebody else. And the moment that you and I are too prideful and we get too big that we cannot move outside of ourselves, we got a problem, saints. Oh, you got a problem. You need to be at the altar, pray, fast, roll, get a sheep, do whatever you need to do because there is a problem when we can never get beyond ourselves. We're just thinking about me, myself, and I, and what I got going on. And it's the blessing of having a church family that before the pastor even gets there, folks are already called and already done showed up and already done been by. Because they realize we got to help our brother and sister carry this burden because it's too much for them to do it on their own. She has a husband that's sick and her father that's sick as well. But she knows that she has backup. Here it is, saints. Don't allow pride to fool you into thinking that you don't ever need to receive help either. Because somewhere down the road, you are not going to need somebody to lean on. You are not going to need somebody to be a listener. We're going to need somebody to reach out. We're going to need someone to be a listening ear for us. Pastor, how do I apply this to my life? I feel like you're going off on this, Pastor. I'm not going off on it. I want us to grow. Ask yourself the question, am I a safe place? Am I a safe place for another brother or sister to come to me and to share with me not gossip, ah, ah. but to share with me in lifting my burden, to assist me, to assist them in carrying the heavy weight. Back in the day, I had a membership at Gold's Gym. That sounds so far, far, far long ago. Lord help me, it was. With that membership came a, a free time that I could meet with a personal trainer. So I met with the personal trainer. We was all good. I left there sore and upset. Even while I was there, I went Kurt Franklin on him in my head because he had me hurting in parts of my body that I didn't even know existed. Because he had me working muscles that I didn't even know I had, Deacon Baker. Got time to lift some weights. And I'm lifting the weights. I'm like, okay, this, I got this. Hey, Dr. Gunn, I got, I'm doing it. And then he had another weight. I said, okay. Hey, 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 wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't add another weight. He kept adding weights. And the struggle became more intense to bear. So I'm really going Kurt Franklin on him in my head because you keep adding stuff and I'm telling you to stop because it hurts. I didn't realize sooner or later what ended up happening. He came along the way, Sister Betty, and I thought he had started taking away some of the weights. He had not taken away any of the weights. He came alongside of me and he helped me lift what was heavy. And because he helped me lift what was heavy, 
it made the burden a little bit more manageable to be able to bear. All of us need that. All of us need that. We need somebody to come along the way to help be a spot and help us to, 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 to lift the burden up so that we don't have to be overwhelmed by the issues of life. I know we got somebody that'll be a listener here. Somebody's going to reach out. Someone that's going to offer some support and guidance and wisdom and insight from God's perspective. Not only should we desire that help, but man, we ought to be there for somebody. We ought to be there for somebody. Who is it that may call you this week that you may have to turn your, pause your show for a moment, just listen to them? Who is it that the Lord keeps putting them on your mind for a reason? Hey, just keep, just, I just keep, let me call them, let me check on them, let me see what's going on. Because you never know what your call would do. You never know what your text would do. You never know what your email may do. You never know what your ding-dong dish may do. I know, I know, I know we got to be physical distant during this time, but we don't have to be relational distant either. We still be able to connect. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says something. It says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I was talking with one of our leaders this week and we were talking about that just when it comes to sin and when a person falls into sin or has a cycle of sin in their life we know the scripture about how to restore a person back but has the scripture ever become actionary I don't even know that's a word that we've walked it out in our lives. What does it look like to walk beside somebody that has messed up? To walk with them through that process of restoration. How do we prepare ourselves that if that happens, how do we put those steps into play and walking it out with somebody? I want you to read that. I want you to meditate on that. I want you to pray on that. We're going to come back next week. And we're going to talk about that. How do we walk with a person? If we're going to find, if we're going to find comfort in the community, something's going to jump off. Something's going to happen. That we're going to have to walk with a brother or sister through that process of restoration. Amen? Amen? Come on to put those hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah.